0: Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, how about starting the week with the psychology of insults? (laughs) All insults are projected from a place of fear and lack. What I mean is the insulter will insist that they're simply pointing out your flaws, but actually they're pointing out the difference from what they know or what they understand or the lack of it. It seems about right to me. It's a good definition, and I link to a, uh, some more on that in the e letter this morning. Now, it's particularly apposite in the light of the extraordinary attack the president of the Royal College of Emergency Medicine, Adrian Boyle, has unleashed on inpatient teams. Boyle is boiling because a trust in North Bristol is accelerating patients through their system and out of a onto the wards using risk sharing. And I link to their hospital and you can read all about it there. But in English, it means A&E patients are shifted to the ward that they're most likely to be admitted to, whether or not there's room on the ward, irrespective of bed capacity. Patients are what's called boarded or doubled up in the expectation ward staff will somehow discharge other patients quicker. Now Boyle is out of his pram because not all trusts have the appetite for the risk involved and not willing to take on the idea. He complains, and I quote, too often there's an acceptance of unacceptable delays and risk in ambulance handovers and long emergency department stays. He goes on, where this fails is usually because inpatient teams, both nursing and medical, have objected to, wait for it, the extra workload without appreciating the real harm elsewhere. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the phrase objected to the extra workload is one of the most crass statements I've heard of for a long while. If people working in the NHS objected to the extra workload, it's very likely there'd be no one working in the NHS at all. Is Boyle bonkers? Well, he compounded his his insult by implying it was a lack of leadership, failing to encourage people to think about the system-wide problems. Well, look, winter's on the way. Things will get worse, and politicians and the tabloids will seize on Boyle's gratuitous insult and I can see the headlines now. See, they're all lazy. A top doctor said so. Only team working will see the NHS through, implying people are work shy won't. Boyle likes Bristol's continuous flow model. It's been in use in the US and in Australia. Now, Australian and US studies found that hospitals which speed up processes and decreased length of stay in response to emergency department overcrowding increased their 30-day mortality by nearly 4%, which means 2.3 additional deaths per thousand patients a year and we get through thousands of patients in a week. Last month, Writing on boarding in a blog for the Nuffields, Dr. Luella Vaughan said, and she wrote very interesting, she said, quote, boarding patients has been shown to nearly double the mortality on the wards and within 30 days of discharge, not only have patients directly experienced boarding from 2% to 4.2%, but for all patients on wards where patients are boarded from 2% to 3.7%. The practice was found to increase length of stay for all patients on wards with boarders and to increase readmissions for boarders themselves. Well, well look, I mean, A&E is under huge pressure. The appeal of continuous flow protocols is that it makes the problems visible across the whole hospital, spreads the pain. However, Vaughan in her blog goes on to say, overcrowding on the wards has the potential to impact substantially more patients, if not all patients. Even a very small risk translates to a very large number who might be potentially harmed. I right? think she's right. You see, less than 20% of problems with delayed discharge is down to the hospital staff. Most discharge delays, 66% of them, are caused by waiting for community sector services. Pushing to discharge risks patients being sent home early or to the wrong place, simply for the sake of expediency and very likely to end up back in the tender care of Dr Boyle and his mates in the ED. Transferring Boyle's problem to another part of the hospital is to defy Q theory. Simply, if a system can handle a 100 events an hour, then 99 events are a breeze, 101 events, and the system collapses. In the next hour, the collapse is a catastrophe, and in the next hour, a calamity. It's called latency in the system. Now, parking events, or in our case, people, diverted to a ward, is called a queue in between. All it does is create another backlog. Another queue where your granny is warehoused. That's why the front door of A&E looks like a second-hand ambulance auction. Queue theory tells us to fix overload by limiting access. In NHS speak, admission avoidance. But everyone is too busy and there's no money for serious system redesign. We can't refuse people a place in the queue so the service degrades. We can't fix overload so it chokes up. We can fix the root cause, social care's capacity and the government's unwillingness to pay for them to keep up. Boyle should be aiming his insults at number 10 and their, quote, unwillingness to take on the extra workload and fix the problem. Oh, I feel better for that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good week and I will speak again soon. Bye-bye now.